Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Fight fans, we welcome you in to another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Kenobi, and we're on the heels of one of the most exciting boxing weekends we just witnessed. Javante Davis, the one-punch destruction of Leo Santa Cruz. We saw Alexander Usyk. We saw Niall Anoue. We saw Jaime Munguia separate the lip of Toriano Johnson. We saw it all. I'm going to recap it all. Joining me on the show this week, you know him, Jonathan Lear of the Ringwalk Podcast. We're going to go back and forth with our thoughts on what we saw this past weekend and what we can see how 2020 ends and on and on if you're watching the show over on our company box youtube page thank you very much you can also catch this show on apple Podcasts and every single friday night at 7 p.m eastern over on the fubo sports network you can get this program let's get right into it jonathan lear we're gonna break down it all here it is coming up All right, it's time to bring in our co-host this week. I won't even call him a guest. You know him. He's Jonathan Lear. He's host of the Ringwalk podcast. Boxing, betting, extraordinaire, weightlifter. Uh, what else? I mean, the teacher, Dodger fan. I mean, the, the accolades go on and on and on, John. The only thing that matters out of that whole list is being a Dodger fan this week. That's <laughs> the only thing that matters. The Dodgers did win the World Series. My Yankees got booted. Uh Man, still trying to get over that. But what we just saw this past weekend is something to get excited about. What a weekend of boxing. We, as boxing fans, had this 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 date circled for a long time because we knew it was going to be around the clock from Friday uh, to the last bell rang on, on Saturday night. And boy, did it deliver. And it, the, the highlight of it all was the Showtime main event, Leo Santa Cruz going down via the left uppercut of Javante Davis, the hand speed from Davis, the the upper body movement, that knockout is going to be played for a very long time on the highlight reels, John. Just an unbelievable performance uh, from Javante Davis. Your take on some of what you saw. Star making. Completely amazing. And we all somewhat expected Davis to knock him out. Isn't it funny the narratives of, oh, he's probably going to knock him out, could still all of us be surprised with what he did in that ring. Thank God that Leo Santa Cruz is safe because that looked so devastating when it happened. And amazingly enough, after we had a couple of weeks in a row where we thought we saw the knockout of the year, on the biggest stage after a long layoff in his big coming out party on pay-per-view, he delivered. It was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, th- there's this four-headed horseman I've been calling it, these young guys. And, you know, Tia Fimo's kind of leading the charge, and that was just two weeks ago where he put on his performance beating Lomachenko. Now, Javante Davis does his thing against Leo Santa Cruz, and he does it in impressive fashion. If you take a look over at YouTube and the, the trending videos, it's number one right now. 2.6 million people are, have watched that knockout. And you always know it's a big knockout when your non-boxing friends are talking about it. They're sending me the clip. They're saying, oh, did you see this? You know, LeBron James is tweeting about it. Very, very good performance from Javante Davis on a pay-per-view in his first pay-per-view. A++ performance in terms of making a statement. As for the actual fight, I didn't think he looked that great early on. I mean, he even admitted himself that he didn't get a full warm-up, and it showed in those early rounds. He threw something like 20 punches in one round, uh, you know, high 20s, uh, low 30s, and that allowed uh, Leo to kind of just 
use volume, you know, just be active and kind of steal those rounds early on. But one thing that we saw from uh, from Davis is the counterpunching. He is now, uh, maybe Canelo as number one, but <laughs> Davis is counterpunching. He softened up Leo a bunch of times and also went to the body well. So you kind of saw this coming, like Leo was walking that tightrope and then boom, that came in the sixth round. Well, you're the CompuBox king. You know that that guy throws more punches than anybody. But one of the narratives was is you have to be very careful because Gervonta Davis is one hell of a counterpuncher. We have this somewhat of a thought now with Tank Davis like, oh, he's maybe not coming in condition. Maybe he's not focused. In this fight, maybe what we saw was a certain amount of patience. He was taking a lot of punches, but it's because he knows. He has that extreme confidence in that power that he can walk through, wait for his moment, and when three consecutive rights came in, in, he was ready for it and I think that's what really is going to make him must see TV because we're going to see fights where it's man it's even on the scorecards oh my gosh what's happening and then that big moment hits where everybody collectively at home just you know grasps their breath goes for their phones calling everybody and now we've got something really exciting like you had already said Tiafimo Lopez did his job Tank Davis has done his job this week, Devin Haney has a chance to show that he's up there, although his competition's not quite there. And then we have Ryan Garcia. This is an incredibly fun time with those four kids coming up at around the same weight and just going on a revolving cycle of big fights and hopefully big moments that are drawing a lot of eyes to boxing. And you're right about the the, the walking that tightrope, and uh, we've seen Deontay Wilder do it for years. I mean, people tune in to watch him maybe look bad or you know watch him kind of flail in there, but also land that knockout, which you just don't see. And knockouts sell. There's no doubt about that. And I'm glad you brought up the, the four horsemen, of the, the, the younger guys. Devin Haney fighting this week against Gamboa. I can just see it right now. Devin Haney knocks out Gamboa and goes, you know what? I did it in in five rounds earlier than Javante Davis did because it's a it's like a keeping up with the Joneses right now with these young guys it's it's a beautiful thing to watch and that brings me to my next question for you is what's next for Javante Davis obviously if he stays at 130 there are some really good names you know Lomachenko Shakur Stevenson Miguel Burchelt and one fight that could potentially get made inside the PBC family Chris Colbert what do you think of that I didn't think of that and that it wasn't a name that was, you know, kind of bouncing around in the head, but that's a good one. And the options are endless. Obviously, everybody wants to see these four guys go up against each other, but it's everybody's still really young and there's still time and it can become bigger and bigger as they continue to hone their craft. And I believe all of these fighters still have a little bit of honing to do to become what we think that they're all going to become. With Tank Davis, we saw in this fight how important it is for him to be in Vegas and be well conditioned because he met that weight first try and he seemed a lot more comfortable with it than in previous fights. I still think that he is destined to go up to 135. I still think that that's going to be the place where he ends up. Who he's going to be going up against is really going to come back to the same story that we always have. Can promotions work together and can those bigger fights be made? Uh, as far as 135 within the stable of PBC family, we'll see. Mayweather has always had a plan for him, him and Leonard Ellerby, and people question it, and everybody had the narratives of, oh, next pay-per-view. No, he didn't look that good, but everything is going exactly to their plan. So I'm going to put my money in Money May and his plans <laughs> and uh, see what's next for him. They right. seem to know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Say what you will about Mayweather. The guy knows how to guide a career. Look what he did uh, with himself. Obviously, we want to see Davis in there with the 135 guys, the Devin Haney's, the Tia Fima Lopez, the Ryan Garcia's. And the beautiful thing about it is 
there is like you can make a case for all those fights there's no reason why one is better than the next in terms of all four of them facing each other hopefully we get it on the other side of things we're going to break down alexander Usyk's performance he got a win at heavyweight and he went up against a very game Derek trezor it's coming up next here on inside boxing live Okay, John, uh, this weekend we also saw the heavyweight fight. Alexander Usyk going up against Derek Chisora. And it's a very mixed uh, reaction to Usyk's um, performance here. Left a lot more questions uh, than results. But, you know, every, I think we saw everything we wanted to see in this match. We wanted to see Usyk pushed. We wanted to see him face a guy with a pulse. And it turned out that Derek Chisora was more than a guy with a pulse as Usyk picks up a, a close decision. Uh, he was pushed toward the end. But I think that his footwork, uh, his lateral movement, his precise power punching, and his jab was enough but you know what type of, of taste was left in your mouth after you watch uh, the Usyk versus Chisora matchup so much has been expected for Usyk and because of the amount of time that he was out of the ring it seemed like those expectations continued to grow and more questions became uh, became about and everybody's wondering can he take a punch what's going to happen if he's dealing with somebody bigger he took some punches and he dealt with somebody that was bum rushing him in the first few rounds I also think he knew that there was going to be a certain amount of energy extended in those first few rounds and then he only had to be Alexander Usyk the rest of the way and and as far as his power and what it can do at the heavyweight level, I do think that he did have an injury around the ninth inning on his hand. It seemed wrapped after the fight. So it looked like he was about to end that one with TKO KO kind of stoppage as it was getting later on into the fight. I still think that he has enough talent to uh, be a force. Now, can he knock off the, the top two or three guys in the heavyweight? That's that's really yet to be determined. And I don't know if we can take something from that fight. When you're watching that, Dan, do you go, yeah, he's there with Fury and Joshua? Or do you find yourself like me saying, uh, we might need to see him against a couple more, you know, middle top 10 heavyweight fighters? I definitely think we're just we're going to see him against some middleweight, uh, some middle uh, heavyweights because of just how the things are s settled right now between the the uh, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua fight. But yes, I do think that he's going to have to get more seasoning in there. But I'm glad you brought up the power too because I think that his power is a little under, under, underrated because you know he is very precise with his punches. And we saw that in there. And also his footwork. I don't think that there's a lot of guys in there in the heavyweight division that can match the footwork of Usyk. And, and I threw this on Twitter and I, and I got a lot of responses of who would you favor Alexander Usyk over right now and this is something perfect for you uh you know boxing uh, gambling is who would you favor Usyk right now over in the heavyweight division no Pavekin would he give Pavekin problems would he be the favorite you know Ruiz you know Deontay Wilder can you imagine Usyk boxing circles around Deontay Wilder I think he's just intriguing I think he offers a different wrinkle to the heavyweight division it's a division that's very hard to kind of overpower your opponents in because everyone is so large but I think that he's a breath of fresh air and he brings something different why does everyone have to be like a plotting moving forward heavyweight but who would you favor Usyk over right now the books would actually favor him over pretty much everybody except Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. As of right now, the books would probably have him as a favorite. Now, how big of a favorite? That's going to be a little bit smaller than what we would have had had he said ended. 
Chisora. Because there's not power there and people realize he's probably going to have to point his way to victory, I'm thinking that he's going to be a favorite over most fighters, but not a large size favorite. And different fighters, if they start and have that kind of endurance where they could be a big body and continue to come forward, that might be something where he has a little bit of a harder time establishing the footwork, spacing, getting those quick punches in and out, turning the guy over. That's yet to be determined and seen with somebody that might be able to keep up that energy past the first few rounds like Chisora did. But it's going to be exciting to see, and I can't wait to bet on it when it comes. Yeah, the thing is with, with, with Usyk is I know he wants the unification. He brought it up numerous times afterward. He, now he's moving on from Derek to Anthony. He, he wants <laughs> Anthony Joshua. He wants the unification. I don't see that happening because of like the reasons I just brought up. It looks like Fury and Joshua are going to at least start their, their two-fight deal in somewhat in June. Who knows what 2021 is going to bring, but you can expect that fight to happen in the at least in the middle part of 2021. If they have a rematch, that's all of 2021 gone and maybe even early 2022. So Usyk is not going to get that unification bout. He might not even get a title shot. That has to do with the fact, will Anthony Joshua keep that WBO belt? Uh, you know, as we know, when you become a unified champ, uh, one of those belts is getting picked away because you don't want to pay Ford sanctioning fees uh, at one time. That's a discussion for a whole other time. But who can we see next for, for Usyk? If he wants to stay at the top, then what are some names out there that that are, are, are reasonable out there? I would like to see him versus Dillian White-Pavekin winner. How about that? I mean, that's a great idea, right? And Dillian has already weighed in and said, you know, this is what I would have done. And they're all over there with Eddie, and we could see that happen. If the WBO belt does uh, become available, and Usyk was going to be the number one, the number two on that right now could be Daniel Dubois if he were to beat Joe Joyce under their ratings. And so there's a lot of different ways. It always comes down to a couple things, right? Promotions and guys angling for that belt. What you said, though, about 2021 being taken up completely with Fury and Joshua— Usyk's not that young of a guy. We're not that young anymore. You and I have to tell each other that it's boxing, right? So he's not waiting any longer. He wants a belt. He wants that shot. And I don't think he's going to be happy with anything less than something that's right before that shot with a guarantee because it's putting him in place with the belts or against that guy in his next fight. And I don't think he's going to settle for anything less. Yeah, and all, before we move on to the, to the next segment, hats off to Derek Chisora. What a performance. I think he fought the best fight of his career. Got nothing to hang his hat on. Afterwards, they were eating uh, cheeseburgers in the back you know two great uh characters and he i think he gave Usyk everything he could everything he had and i think us as fans wanted to see Usyk push to the brink and what he had i thought he looked decent i didn't think he looked great but i think it's a lot to be determined but it is another player at heavyweight and that is a good thing we'll have more on the heavyweight division but coming up next on the other side of things Naoa Inoue the monster made his top ranked debut and we'll get into it and that's coming up next The monster made his way to the U.S. Not for the first time. It was the second time for everyone out there. I'm not going to say it was his uh, U.S. debut, but it was his top-ranked debut, and it was his ESPN debut, and he passed with flying colors. I'm talking about Nioa Anue. And if you have him up at the top of your pound-for-pound pound list, he's there for a reason. If you have him up there and you didn't see him ever fight, now you have no excuse to say that because he's going to be fighting on ESPN, and he's getting that big-time push. Uh, great performance from uh, Anue. He went in there and took out a very rugged opponent Jason Maloney never been stopped uh, as a come forward fighter and by maybe the fourth round uh, Maloney was on his back foot because of the constant pressure uh, because of the power punching because of having to think about what's coming next I think Inoue showed everyone uh, on Saturday night over on ESPN plus that he is the real deal and he deserves 
all the accolades. The marketing uh, speaks for itself, right? The monster on Halloween. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to see was how he was going to respond from having a fractured orbital bone. The guy is tougher than a $2 stake. He stayed in range. And a lot of times, the power that he connected on was throwing himself right into the firing line of Maloney's. And he did not care. And that was something that just completely blows me away. This is now another guy that was considered a top 10 in the weight class that he blew through. Didn't give an opportunity to even get into the fight. And outside of that Donaire challenge that he had, he has laid waste to everybody. He's truly something special. And the more eyes that start to see him, the more they're going to start considering him a top five pound for pound fighter. Yeah, he is. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And uh, I've been beating this 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 dead horse of Dame Lillard. Uh, are you sold yet? Uh, Dame, respond. <laughs> he already threw me. Uh, he already sent me to hell once on, on Twitter last week when I put something out there. But uh, yes, he this guy is pound for pound. And, and I love watching fighters like this that, you know, there, there aren't many today. And, and I had Errol Spence as my as the top offensive fighter for a while. And maybe he very well may still be that. Uh, we'll see that uh, in, in December. But, you know, in terms of, of checking all those boxes as an offensive of fighter Anue has it man he's top 10 in connect percentage uh he's number two in jabs landed per round and he's just percentage points away from being the most accurate overall puncher in all the boxing and he has knockout power to boot like when he sees an opening he goes for it he doesn't play with his food i i, I think he's just outstanding and what it comes to is is the appetite for these bantamweights i know that boxing hardcores love to watch you know the superflies and the bantamweights you know we love that because it's all action but this is the first time that ESPN is really making like a big investment in a fighter uh, that that is from overseas and a fighter that is off the lower weights. You know, it's going to be interesting to see them push that because Aram is already uh, using that line that he does so often when he has a shiny new toy is Naiwa Inoue is the most complete fighter I've seen since Manny Pacquiao. I mean, he does that every time. That's a terrible uh, impression there, but he's Don't doing the, he's, doing, he's doing the line. He's telling you that, you know, this is the best guy I've promoted since 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 uh, Pacquiao. I did the same thing with Lomachenko, but my question is for you, John, is is can ESPN, you know, is there an appetite for a fighter uh, of the lower weights that, you know, certainly deserves it? There, uh, there's much smarter people than me that are going to be making the right, you know, marketing decisions in regards to this because he is already a huge international draw in the United States. One would think that in the future they are going to not have him behind the paywall. One of the things that did so well for Tiafima Lopez against Lomachenko is so many eyes got to see mm -hmm. that, and the more people that begin to tune in and go, that little guy, he's a monster. He's got the oh my gosh, and they see what he does. That's going to generate interest. Too often we're seeing these. Uh, lower weight divisions on undercards, behind paywalls, big fights with Inoue in them where he's going up against top competition, where nobody can discredit who he's going up against and he's blowing them out of the water. Yeah, if people see it, there will be interest there. Like we talked about earlier with Tank Davis, knockouts, man, knockouts. And this guy, you're the stats man. You know his power punches are incredible. They're accurate and he's laying everybody to waste. So if that's happening on a regular basis where people can see it and consume it, absolutely, they will have a monster in ratings if they allow people to see it. Yeah, I, I kind of wish it was on regular ESPN. You know, college football dominates on on Saturday nights here in the States on ESPN Plus. A lot of people have ESPN Plus. But another thing that's very important is you need a dance partner. I mean, in order to, to go up the ranks, you need a clear rival. And something's brewing here with John Real Casemiro. They were supposed to have their unification bout, uh, but COVID wiped it out. He's a very charismatic guy, Casemiro. Uh, I think a lot of, he's a very explosive fighter too. You need a dance partner, especially when you're at that weight and then they can fight two, three times, but let's get them in the ring uh, just, just, just once would, would be nice. But there are some, some, some options. 
for Inoue. He can go the Casemiro route. You know, Norito Tonair is fighting Obali. That's in December. That is a title fight as well. I think that when you're at this 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 weight, uh, the, the lower weight guys, is they, they get pushed quick. Like unification bouts and title fights, they get made right away. They're in full overdrive. So if it's Casemiro... I'll take it. If it's a rematch with Donaire, if he can get past Obali, I'll take that as well. Quickly, your, your thoughts on what he can do next. Casemiro is the fight that I want to see. Right. And what he did to Duke Micah the last fight was incredible. He's got the flair, and I think it's a great dance partner for him, not only in the ring, but he has a little bit of that attitude and swag that will bring in a lot of viewers too. I think that would be a really fun fight for the world to see. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on that one big. I, I can't wait for that fight. Absolutely. I agree with that one. Lastly, before we say goodbye, on the other side of things, we're going to talk about Deontay Wilder. Yes, Deontay Wilder came out of hiding and he said some things. We'll get into all that next. Early on Saturday afternoon, if you were in the frenzy of boxing and you checked Twitter, you saw Deontay Wilder. He, he pulled a, a Floyd Mayweather, John. He wanted to uh, put himself right into the middle of a bo crazy boxing weekend. And he said some stuff. He said some things. I mean, wow. Uh, he damn near accused me and you of, uh, of, of <laughs> stepping in the way of his loss to Tyson Fury. He talked about I mean, Mark Breland may have poisoned him. You know, Deontay uh, Tyson Fury put something in the gloves. Uh, you know, the, uh, the everything. And I can't even get through everything he said. But he made a lot of wild accusations that he's a dent in his skull. Uh, I made a fatal mistake. Now, listen. I watched some of the video. But I went to, towards the excerpts that, that Wilder also tweeted about how I gave Tyson Fury his first shot. Shot. I gave him a rematch too. He deserves to give me that third shot, which I agreed with and I tweeted that out. I made a mistake of not watching the full video because I was out buying a couch for my new apartment. Fatal mistake on my part. But your thoughts from, from De what Deontay Wilder did and uh, how did you uh, filter through all that stuff? It's hard to filter because there's so many different things. I mean, you have now seven legitimate things that he has said or illegitimate things that he has said has impacted the fight, except not one of them was himself. And, uh, you know, you choose the team that you have around, you choose the costume that you have. But when it comes to serious allegations about somebody doing something to your water, somebody like the Las Vegas Athletic Commission messing with the gloves and having things in there, some of those claims might need to be backed up. He's talking about wanting to sue Tyson Fury if he doesn't get a third fight, but there might be some people suing him if he continues to say that, you know, people are actively trying to kill me and putting these claims out there. It's, it's a little bit much for any to really take seriously and it's sad because he's a good guy liked by many people in boxing yeah. but he's obviously going down a path that he might not be able to come back from yeah the pr team at the at the pbc is probably going is scrambling in overdrive just please stop talking i mean it's one thing to 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 have these allegations even you know klitschko said that his water bottle was spiked against lamont brewster but to say that it was like a trifecta like he my own guy you know was spiked my water and the gloves and it's just too much like how about the fact that you expended so much damn energy in your locker room walking back and forth and the walk to the ring and the walk into the arena just say you lost man it's heavyweight boxing and i think that uh he's going through a lot right now and but i do agree that he deserves a, a rematch the third fight he gave fury that's the part that i agree with and that's the part that i think that boxing fans can agree with and they can get past all the nonsense that's a wrap john what a weekend of boxing. What a show today. Uh, great performance from you, my man. And I know you got a lot of gambling stuff coming up this week. Yeah, we do. And I am always appreciative of being on the show. Thank you so much. I enjoy being here. And uh, just keep up the good work, my man. I'm always here for you. 
Hey, special thanks to Jonathan Lear for joining us here on Inside Boxing Live. Check out his podcast. He does outstanding work. What a weekend it was. Exclamation point at the end there from Javante Davis. His star is on the rise. We saw Alexander Usyk do his thing too. And Inoue. So great weekend for boxing. And it continues on. We got Devin Haney this weekend. And you know that he was going to want to do something to get his name uh, in the headlines. Terrence Crawford fights next weekend. And speaking of which, we're going to have Christina Ponger on the show next week from Top Rec. She does a wonderful job. A lot of things going on in the world of boxing as we get towards the end of 2020 and into 2021. But we'll see you next week on another edition of Inside Boxing Live.